Coming up in this edition of the Cougar Insiders podcast, we're going to be talking about the University of Utah win over BYU. Break that down a little bit. What does it mean? What does it mean long-term? What does it mean short-term? We'll also take you on a a little bit of a scientific, uh, emotional tour of the uh, BYU's upcoming trip to Tennessee, where they'll play the Volunteers. We'll also break down a little bit about BYU basketball trip. Jeff Call had an opportunity to talk to Mark Pope, and we'll give you that and much more in this edition of the Cougar Insiders podcast. Welcome to the Cougar Insider Podcast. I'm Dick Harmon, a columnist for the Deseret News, along with beat writers Brandon Gurney and Jeff Call. We're working to give you the very best, latest, in-depth coverage of BYU. Jay Drew, who usually is with us, is absent today. He's got another appointment. We'd uh, like to welcome in our uh, new sponsor for the podcast this season, Mr. Mack, the latest in dress selection. Mr. Mack will be with us all season long. And gentlemen, um, a disappointing loss to the youth, but one that we all predicted. Why is it such a surprise to BYU fans that they lost to Utah? They they want to see it coming. They want to see a BYU win. Um, but this was expected, and it turned out probably just exactly like some of the other games have. Turnovers were big. Turnovers were the difference. Turnovers turned the game around, and turnover, uh, a pick six, his second by Zach Wilson, ended the game. Jeff Call, uh, BYU fans are right to be frustrated, but is there an end to this? Yeah, I think a lot of the disappointment comes from the fact that they, they had months and months to prepare for this game. <clears throat> they looked toward this game. They were ready for it as far as you know doing all the things they needed to do to prepare, and yet it didn't happen in the game. And for all the things that have happened in past games, like the turnovers that you referenced, they happened again. And so I, I can see the frustration why they think some's going to be different, but nothing is different. Uh, at least nothing was different on that night with the turnovers. And I mean, this streak was going to end at some point. We know that. We don't know when, but it's going to end at some point. And I get the frustration. I think BYU has got to figure out a way. It, I mean, it's almost like it's this mental block, almost like they go up against the Utes and, okay, we're going to turn the ball over, you know? And I don't know why that is. I mean, you got to credit Utah, too. I mean, they have a remarkable defense. They've got great athletes. They fly around the ball, and they create turnovers. Well, I think you got to start right there, Jeff. It's a good point. I think BYU fans got to get to the point where they can credit Utah. They can credit Kyle Whittingham, who seems to have figured this out. His dad figured it out when he was coaching defense at BYU. He's got a good scheme. He's got good athletes. Credit Utah. Credit Kyle Whittingham, credit their recruiting, the talent they've got together. And until BYU can break through that confidence barrier, Brandon Gurney, it's going to be tough for them. They need to have some confidence and some feelings that they can do some things against this Utah team. They've come close now uh, the previous two years with a Taysom Hill two-point conversion on the goal line. Should have gone in. Uh, Last year, they had a big lead. They should have finished it off. They couldn't. And this year, I think they outplayed them for about a half, and then things fell apart. So you can see that there's light at the end of the tunnel, can you not? The margin of error isn't there for BYU. I, I, I think that's that's kind of the thing. BYU just can't overcome the mistakes they made. And Jeff touched on this. You look at the two pick sixes, you have to credit Utah. Yeah, Bradley and I uh, jumping the, the snap count, getting around the edge and forcing that. That that's 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 Utah making a play. And then the other pick six, uh, Utah dis- disguised his coverage really well. I, Zach Wilson uh, misread the coverage and the defensive back was able to, to go 
back and force that. So, so I think not giving Utah credit for it is 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 isn't accurate at all. Um, Utah's good at forcing things. They're good at making other teams make mistakes, and we're seeing that time and again. With BYU's offense, everyone talks about the experienced unit coming back and all that. They're still pretty young. Uh, you're still working in a lot of new pieces, but when I look at BYU's offense and, and kind of generally uh, what, what was the biggest thing other than the stupid mistakes was the lack of playmakers. Yeah, You don't have guys down the field that are able to make plays. You're just not. You're not able to get separation. Um, Utah was, was covering man defense all night. Those receivers need to beat that coverage, and you're not seeing guys capable of doing that. And until BYU gets that, it's going to be a tough haul against Utah. You know, it really tells you back in the day, Jeff Collin, they had Mitch Matthews. Mitch Matthews in that Utah State game that we went and saw up in Logan, he just took over the game, making plays downfield, out jumping people, getting balls that should have been in the hands of defenders. And BYU just doesn't seem to have that guy. Talon Shumway, I thought, had a, had a real good opportunity in the in the red zone, and he dropped. I don't know if it was dropped or if it was a good pass or not, but there was a play there that was missed. And then um, I think Matt Bushman had a good game. I think you need to have another Matt Bushman out there. Maybe Moroni's return might do that. You've got to have a couple of more choices, at least at tight end, and the receivers have to step up, don't you believe? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that throughout fall camp that I, I kept looking for. And of course, we don't get to see a lot of practice. We don't know exactly what's going on out there. But one of the questions I had was, does this team have the playmakers to make this offense go? I mean, we heard rave reviews about Zach, Tyson Williams and the run game. But they, you're right, Dick. They've got to have guys that can battle for the ball, that want that ball and can take it away. And you know, we mentioned about the way that Utah, their press coverage and the way they're, I mean, they're very good at that, very athletic. BYU's got to figure out a way to do that. They've got to get guys that can fight for that ball, guys like Mitch Matthews, guys that are, you know, not just athletic, but have that will and that desire to want that ball and go after the ball when it goes up there. And, and guys that can make plays. Matt Bushman can do that. Tyson Williams can do that, although he didn't, uh, we didn't get to see him as much as I think we wanted to. You know, that that's the thing. BYU needs to have a balanced attack against Utah. You can't rely just on the pass because you're going to make mistakes and they're going to take advantage of it. But Brandon Gurney, we didn't see a lot of Williams in that game. We, when we did, he was averaging nine yards a carry, and then it got down to about six and a half yards a carry, but he only had seven carries. Yeah, you need to you need to work men a lot more. Uh, I think that's going to be the strength when you look at the playmakers. It's not on the outside. It's not the ability to beat teams downfield. I, I think it's largely going to be Tyson Williams between the tackle. Maybe Utah's defense being so formidable uh, played into that. And and a lot of people think the, the first half the opportunity wasn't there. He had three carries for twenty eight yards in that first half. To me, that tells me you need to run it more often. Stick with it a little bit. A, a lot more often. G- give them a chance to make plays. And BYU's offensive staff, they're not stupid. Tyson's going to get a lot more touches in this game against Tennessee. He he absolutely is. And uh, we'll see what comes of it. Um, I, I'm in the second half. I, absolutely. You didn't have those opportunities. But the first half, you needed to dictate that, go with what was being productive. And that was largely Tyson Williams running. I think um, another area of concern, and maybe you guys have others, but I, I saw some penalties, a, a face mask penalty. It was basically the same, the same guy that was doing it. But yeah, those, D'Angelo those Mandel didn't have a great game. Th- those penalties were, were also killers. I thought the defense generally, except for the last nine minutes, played pretty good, Jeff Cole. Yeah, I mean, those penalties are just, just killers. I mean, I remember that third and 27 one that was just a backbreaker. And um, credit again, credit Utah. They came out the second half, got the ball started the second half, and they marched right downfield. They controlled the, the tempo, the clock, everything. And when they scored at that point, you, you kind of sense that, okay, Utah has put their foot down and they've taken control of this game, and they kind of did. 
Credit to Utes. Let's get on to Tennessee. Uh, a lot of things uh, hinging on this game. I had BYU going 0-4 in September and losing this game, but I can see maybe a little bit of light in the tunnel getting to Knoxville against a team that really got kind of punched in the mouth by a lower division team, uh, Jeff Call. And Tennessee has its own problems that they've got to work at. Can they turn that around within a week? Yeah, so I on Saturday I turned in, tuned into the Tennessee game. I was kind of curious to see how they do. I mean, I expected Tennessee to kind of roll over Georgia State. And in the opening minutes, Georgia State scores off a turnover quick. Quickly, I thought, wow, this is this could be interesting. And I kept watching and watching. I, I never, I, I just kept watching. I, I think I texted you, Dick, at one point on Saturday afternoon. I said, Dick, are you watching this game? Because Georgia State was looking extremely good against a, a, a confused. I mean, Tennessee is very athletic. They've got a lot of skill guys, but they just look so out of sorts. They just looked uh, so many mistakes, um, the way they were lining up and penalties, turnovers. And the question is now is, will will this be a situation where Tennessee wakes up and starts to play? Or, or is, this how, is this Tennessee? Is this who they are? And the unfortunate thing, I think, for BYU is they if they do win this game, they're not going to get a lot of credit for it because people are going to say, well, they beat a team that lost to Georgia State. And if they lose this game, it's going to be, wow, these guys lost to a team that lost to Georgia State. So it really kind of puts BYU in an interesting predicament, but they need to win this game, I think. This is a game that's very important moving forward for BYU. I think the wins solve a lot of problems, Brandon. Wins. You just win. You get a win. You take a win. Any way you can get a win, you need a win. Yeah, um, I, I watched the Tennessee game as well, and I was amazed at how bad they looked. And, and what I saw were, were mistakes that aren't as fixable as the mistakes BYU had against Utah. I saw a, a defensive concept where guys just were out of position, guys that that, that didn't really seem to know their gap assignments, uh, and, and the tackling was atrocious. It, it, it was bad. They, they looked like a bad football team, a team not prepared to play. It wasn't uh, a fluke. It really wasn't. These guys were just beat. And, and when I look at, at, at BYU, the, I, you look at what Zach Moss did – for the Utah offense, and he was Utah's offense. I mean, there was basically nothing else. Oh, no else. question. They didn't have to have anything else, no. and he was the man. He, I forgot how good he, he is. <laughs> he, you could absolutely make the argument that he could be the best running back in the entire country. That's could, not, that is that. not hyperbole. Well, you could make that case. Tennessee's not going to have that guy, and BYU was largely in position all night against Zach Moss to make plays, but because Zach Moss is so good, they couldn't make those plays. They're not going to have that problem against Tennessee, I don't believe. I, I, I believe BYU's going to bounce back, and I think Tennessee's problems are harder to fix than BYU's, of course. It's really hard to judge anything from one game, but I expect BYU to bounce back and, and, and get this win. You know, I'm almost uh, considering changing my pick, uh, BYU losing this game, to BYU winning the game. Jeff, what's your call? You know, I kind of felt uh, going into the season this would be a loss for BYU, but now after seeing Tennessee, I think I think BYU wins by a field goal. Brandon? I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Jeff on that. I, I think BYU is able to put up more points, um, and I think they can limit Tennessee. I, I don't see Tennessee going up and down the field against BYU just because of the, the running back factor. I, I, I'm not seeing it. I think BYU still has a very sound defense that's going to be tough to play against, but you factor in going on the road and BYU's success east of the Mississippi River, not good. I, uh, everyone points to this uh, the Florida State game a few years ago and just how Florida State just shocked everyone. Tennessee has athletes. They have guys that, that can cause a lot of problems, but based on what I saw, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed until this team's a, a, able to, to, to turn it around. And, and I think uh, 
in the second week of the season might be too soon. You know, here's here's the thing I'm thinking of. We saw BYU go into a top ten team, Wisconsin, last year. They ended up not being top ten, but they went in there. I thought, I, and they won. And I think that BYU has a better offensive line, a better receiving core that's older and more mature, a better running back core that's able to run the ball better, and, and probably a better passing quarterback in Zach Wilson over what they had with Tanner last year. And I think that in those 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 edges there, this is a better team going back east than the one that went to Wisconsin and, and, and defeated a top ten program. Now is the time to get an unbeatable deal on men's uh, fashion forward suits on sale at all Mr. Max stores. If you think you've had great prices before, then just brace yourself. Buy one suit at two ninety nine and get the second for just a dollar. That's right, buy one suit for two ninety nine and get the second for just one dollar. Mr. Mac has worked with a leading manufacturer on special purchases of over five thousand suits in a wide variety of sizes, colors, and fit. Come check out the latest fashion colors and patterns on sale now at Mr. Mac. With suit sizes starting at 36 and going up to size 56, it's an unbelievable, unbeatable value on classic and slim fit suits. Now, while supplies last at Mr. Mac, buy one at $2.99 and get the second for just $1. Remember, no one buys, no one sells, and no one cares the way we do, absolutely no one. Uh, let's let's shift our gears a little bit here. Jeff Call, you had an opportunity to talk to Coach Mark Pope. They got back from the European tour. What did they learn? What did he say? Uh, what did he tell you that maybe you didn't know? Well, I think uh, the best news for BYU fans that need to know is that Zach Celius, who broke his foot during a game over there in Italy, uh, he had surgery and. Mark Pope says that they expect him to be back for the season opener, which really kind of surprised me. I thought oh. I thought he'd be out for a while, but he says he expects him to be back. Of course, they'll be without Yoli, as we know, Yoli Childs, for the first nine games because of that NCAA situation. But uh, Mark Pope says that what he learned about his team is these guys are very cohesive. He says there's not a click on this team. I mean, these guys are really bought in. They're really knitted together, and they really want to win, and they've got great leadership. And so I think uh, the biggest battle is going to be just being that having that limited roster not having uh, Yoli for those first nine games but moving forward I think they've got uh, a lot of talent and they've got uh, you know a real desire to win I think they've got a kind of a chip on their shoulder one of the x factors is Alex Porcello the uh, transfer from Arizona he has requested a waiver now I would not bet anything that he's going to get that. The NCAA trimmer. doesn't like BYU, do they? <laughs> doesn't doesn't seem like it. No, uh, but that that is a possibility. Now, if they could get him, that would be a huge. But I'm not expecting it. Um, but anyway, I think uh, you know Pope is very very excited about uh, the team that he has and and the future they have together. Well, final words, guys. Uh, you know, I, I think last year in the Utah game, um, I, I think the way that that game ended, um, BYU kind of pulling the plug, setting on a lead, losing the game, I think they came out with the mindset that they maybe would have liked to have thrown the ball a little bit more and use Zach a little bit more, run him and do some things. And I think they went in this, this game against Utah thinking that they would do that and put a lot on his shoulders. That may have been a mistake because it kind of backfired on them. They didn't utilize, like, Taysom Williams. But I, I, I'm thinking now that they've got that out of the Way and they're going to Tennessee. I think you'll have more of a more of a balanced mindset about how they're going to have a game plan in attacking Tennessee and, and and maintaining that game. I think BYU's coaching staff will will do a better job of not just having a uh, a one spear in their you know in their hands going into this game. And I think that'll be a good thing for them. Jeff. Yeah, as I look at this Tennessee game, I, I've had the chance to talk to some uh, Tennessee fans this uh, last couple days, um, including a former Tennessee player. And I think it's going to be really interesting, Tennessee's psyche, 
because before the season, I think people looked at this BYU game as the game where they're going to say, okay, we're going to learn a lot about our team uh, when B- they play BYU, which is still the case. But now it's even more heightened because of what happened that first that first game. And can you imagine around Knoxville, the, the negativity that these players are shrouded in, you know, just they're so down on these guys and losing to a Georgia State team like this. And a team pressure's that, on them. Yeah, exactly. All the pressure's on them. They were 26-point favorites at home against Georgia State. Wow. And uh, I, I can only imagine what they're going through. And, and so it's going to be really interesting when adversity hits early in that game for them, how, they do, how do they respond? What's going to happen? How do the fans respond? I mean, there was some, uh, some jeering there at the end of that game. And a lot of people left. Uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot of negativity there, and it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. Is this an opportunity for BYU to go in there and to play some smash mouth football like they did against Wisconsin and impose their will a little bit and see if they can come out with a win? Well, it does help, um, Brandon Gurney, and let's get your final word, but it does help that you've got a couple of coaches on BYU staff that are very familiar with the SEC and, and football in the South. Yeah, it doesn't help BYU at all. Anything that happened in that Georgia State game does not help BYU in any way, shape, or form, in my, in my opinion. BYU needs to get out to an early lead. They need to, to establish something early on. I think that's going to be a huge key in this one. You, you don't want Tennessee to get life because a, a team with athletes like that that figure it out, they can start rolling and, and, and make it really tough to come back on. So BYU needs to establish a tone early. They need to run the football. They absolutely need to make Tyson Williams a, a, a primary player in this. And I think in a big X factor, all indications was Moroni was very close to playing against Utah. And, and I continue to believe that he's going to be a big factor in this BYU offense. BYU's leading receiver last year before he got hurt. I think he's an exceptional player. I think he can d- take a ton of pressure off, off Matt Bushman. And I think with that duo, that could really do well to open things up and, 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 and just uh, – lead to more BYU offensive production. And I'm, I'm still bullish on the BYU defense. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Cougar Insiders podcast. We'd love to hear from you through email at cougarinsiders at desertnews.com. And please subscribe or download to our podcast wherever you find it. We're working hard to deliver you the most up-to-date information on BYU sports and love to have you join us. A big shout-out to Mr. Mack as our sponsor. Tune in for great Mr. Mack promotions and sale information all season long.